This afternoon I preach you the Word of God as it is summarized and confessed by the church in Lord's Days 45 and 46, dealing specifically with the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught us to pray. If you would like to read along, you can find Lord's Days 45 and 46 beginning on page 559 in the Book of Praise, which should also be in the pew in front of you or under your seat. Here the church confesses, why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness which God requires of us. Moreover, God will give His grace and the Holy Spirit only to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask Him for these gifts and thank Him for them. What belongs to a prayer which pleases God and is heard by Him? First, we must, from the heart, call upon the one true God only, who has revealed himself in his word for all that he has commanded us to pray. Second, we must thoroughly know our need and misery, so that we may humble ourselves before God. Third, we must rest on this firm foundation, that although we do not deserve it, God will certainly hear our prayer for the sake of Christ our Lord, as he has promised us in his word. What has God commanded us to ask of him? All the things we need for body and soul, as included in the prayer which Christ our Lord himself taught us. What is the Lord's prayer? and follows the Lord's prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We continue. Why has, God, why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? to awaken in us at the very beginning of our prayer that childlike reverence and trust toward God which should be basic to our prayer. God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of Him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. Why is there added in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner but to expect from his almighty power all things we need for body and soul. Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, faced a situation this summer that may be familiar to you as well. We were in a the campground, but we ended up kind of in the middle. People were walking around us. It was the evening, and after we read Psalm 8 together in the midst of the mountains, one of us began speaking to the Lord, praising the name of the Lord for the beautiful scenery, thanking Him that we could be His children, asking Him to bless us and keep us during the evening. And while one of us was speaking, the others of us were, had our eyes closed, and our hands were folded and our heads were inclined forward, 
making the words that were spoken our own by repeating them in our minds or in our heads as we directed our thoughts towards the Lord. And as we were doing this, we knew exactly what we were doing because we always begin our evenings in this way. But as I heard people walking by on the, on the gravel in the campground and speaking different languages, I couldn't help but wonder what they were thinking when they saw us sitting there in a circle with our eyes closed and our hands folded. If someone doesn't believe that God is real, then prayer seems to be a useless superstition that just doesn't appear to be very logical. Although many unchurched people recognize that it might be calming therapy for some people, like yoga or other forms of meditation, they don't believe that prayer is a real communication between two personal beings. Can you imagine what your conversation with an invisible God looks like to people who don't believe that God exists and don't know the, the fullness of the reality in which they themselves are living? And when we try to explain what we are doing, many of us might find that our explanation simply won't satisfy the curiosity of unbelievers. I mean, what can we say to explain prayer? What would, what would you say? Someone said, what are you, what are you doing? Although we know that prayer is talking to God, the Creator who loves us, and who has become our Father in Jesus Christ, praying is actually based on a simple faith in many basic truths that many people in the world simply don't believe. In order to pray, you, you need to assume that there is a God, that God is able to help you, that He is willing to help you, even though you are a sinner, because He is gracious. In addition to that, praying also assumes that it is good to live in a relationship with God and that we as human beings on the earth, we need the Lord because we are dependent on His care. Prayer is hard to explain because it only makes sense when we know the reality about this world that we live in which was created by God. Maybe you listening, maybe you here today, you feel a certain difficulty in seeing the point of praying. Even though you have been brought up in a Christian home, in a, as a covenant child of God, it may still feel like a strange superstition or perhaps an irrational behavior. Maybe you have been disappointed when your prayers did not produce the fruit, the results that you were looking for. Even if you believe that God is the Creator and you believe that He is a loving Father, it sometimes seems like a stretch to believe that the Holy One who is seated in the heavens could hear and attend to our prayers, much less to delight in our prayers. Aren't we just telling God what he already knows about himself, and asking him for things that he should certainly know we need, 
if he is as great and knowing as we confess him to be? All these things together, they make us wonder, why, why, why do we pray? Why does God want his creatures to express our love for him in words, to confess our sins to him out loud, as it were, to thank him with our voices, to, to speak to him with our, with our tongues, as we sang in Psalm 19, to ask him to give us what we need. Why wouldn't it be good enough just to have some regular thoughts about God each day? Why does God see prayer as a sign of our thankfulness? Well, the answer to this question is a wonderful declaration of the gospel that I proclaim to you this afternoon under the theme that prayer flows from our relationship with God. And we'll see, first of all, that our God is a speaking creator, our speaking creator, and secondly, He is our loving Father. Relationships depend on communication. The minute I speak to another person, whether with actual words or, or perhaps with, with a look and, and a smile, a relationship is formed that carries us beyond me just thinking about another person. When you stop and you ask someone for, for directions, and guys, it's true, some people actually stop and ask for directions, but when they, when they speak to someone else, even if it's just a temporary moment, a relationship is formed because you are speaking to one another. If we keep on speaking with another person, a relationship can grow. Just think about how much your friendships and your marriages depend on speaking with one another. Or if we can't speak for whatever reason, then in a communicating with one another in other ways. When God created the world, He spoke the world into existence. We read many times Genesis 1 and 2, and God said. And the same is true when He created the man and the woman in His image. It's very significant that God didn't just wave a wand or make some sparks hit the ground and then all of a sudden there were people he didn't just sit there quietly meditating and imagine us into existence, but God spoke and He said and He spoke. This reveals something to us about our God, our Creator. Something important about the, the consequences for the question of why we pray, why we speak. God's speaking reveals that He is a personal God, that He is relational, and that He made us to live in a relationship with Him. God's speaking created a relationship between Himself and His creation. God is a covenant God. When He created the world, He made a covenant with all creation. When He created human beings, we were made in a covenant relationship with Him. This relationship is maintained when all creation responds to their Creator, 
who continually speaks to us, who, who speaks to us through creation, like we sang in, in Psalm 19. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 1, it speaks of how God continually speak, spoke to us through the ages and ultimately through His Son. As the heavens declare the glory of God, Psalm 19, so all His creatures have voices to declare the glory of God. To speak back to their Creator. Speaking or communicating in other ways is a part of being human. Imagine often for punishment. The punishment for criminals might be isolation. Having no one to speak to. It's because we are made to speak. We have been created in the image of a relational covenant God who delights in living in fellowship with the creatures which He made, which He spoke to, and which He made capable of speaking back to Him. When God came down in the garden of Adam and Eve, He revealed His desire to live in that relationship with the people He had created. They had fallen into sin. We know that in Genesis 3, and, and he came down into the garden and, and he spoke and he said, Where are you? He was expecting a joyful answer of his creatures, an ongoing relationship of fellowship and friendship, but we know what happened. There was, there was silence. The people who had been created to speak with God in the covenant relationship. They, they stopped answering God. When your friend or your husband or your wife or your business partner, when he or she stops talking to you, when that person ignores your calls, when they block you, that reveals a broken relationship. When you stop talking to someone, your lives grow increasingly apart. If you're walking down a street and, and, and you call out to someone, Hey, Johnny! And he, he doesn't answer you, it's a sign that either that person doesn't know you, and if it's someone that you know, it's a sign that they don't want to have to deal with the consequences of the relationship anymore. Like teenagers putting on those big noise-canceling headphones and, and shutting themselves in their rooms. Our sinful natures after the fall give us the inclination to shut God out of our lives. When people grow distant from God and ignore His sovereign majesty, they stop talking to Him. And then their, their children stop talking. They never learn to, to pray. And before long, they lose sight of the reality of the kingdom of heaven and they live their lives as if they are all alone in this world. They don't even understand what you're doing when you speak to God. They, they ask, what, what are these people up to? Since the fall into sin affects everybody in the world, it's only by God's grace that anyone still speaks to God at all. 
And the gospel message for the world is that God never stopped speaking, even though it was canceled out and, and blocked off and he was, the man did not respond to him and, as he had been made to do. We can, re, we can think about that passage in Jeremiah 31 that we read that emphasized God's insistence on living in a relationship with us in spite of our sins. And then we remember how God called out to Adam and Eve after they had fallen into sin. He appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He spoke to Moses in the wilderness. He spoke from Mount Sinai when He gave the law and He revealed His glory to, to the earth. He ordained priests and Levites to communicate that it was His desire that there might be reconciliation and atonement for sins, an ongoing relationship. He announced that He was willing to bear the cost of our sins so that we might be restored to this relationship again. He sent His prophets announcing the way of life with Him so that we might seek Him and find Him and hear His voice and, and speak with Him again, like we read, like Paul preached in Acts, Acts 17. And finally, says Hebrews 1, He has spoken to us through His Son, His only Son. His only Son who is the manifestation of the glory of God, the manifestation of the love of God for us, the evidence and guarantee that God has made it possible for us to speak to Him in a relationship once again. He granted faith to His servants, to His people, that we might respond to His voice once again. He is committed, relational, speaking, covenant God. And He loves to hear His redeemed children speak with Him about joy, in God, their sorrow for sin, their dependence on their Father for their needs. Do you see why we pray? Do you see that it's a fruit of the work of Jesus Christ in restoring us to a relationship of peace? God is our Creator who speaks and we have been created in His image so that we might speak back to Him. That, that's what the relationship is all about. We have been made to live in a relationship of peace with God. And He restores to us this ongoing communication through His Son, Jesus Christ. He sent His Son so that we might speak to Him. We are privileged here today as covenant children to be brought up hearing the voice of the Lord, hearing the Lord call to us. Even before we knew how to speak back to Him. And what does that voice do in your life? What is it saying to you? It's the Lord assuring us of His grace, His love, His mercy, and His faithfulness. And His voice is like a call that breaks through the silence as it looks for faith. See, we love God 
because He first loved us. We speak to God in prayer because He has first spoken to us. We pray because God has opened our ears to hear His voice and to believe in His gracious promises to us in Jesus Christ. Praying is simply acknowledging that you have heard the Lord speak, that you believe all His promises in Jesus Christ to be true, that you are thankful to be able to live as He made you to live, speaking to Him in fellowship. Prayer is called thankfulness, the most important part of our thankfulness, because it is the act of receiving all that Christ has obtained for us in His grace. Praying people know that they are children of the living God, created in His image. And when we understand that we have been created to live in a speaking relationship with our Creator, and by God's grace to us in Jesus Christ, we, we actually seek to speak back to Him, just like creation is doing, we'll find that as we, we draw near to God, what happens? Sometimes our sins, they make us hesitate. When we pray to that gracious and sovereign God, our daily sins of weaknesses, they, they make us feel like a child who dirtied the brand new clothes that our parents bought for us and now we've got these dirty clothes and we're walking toward the open arms of our very clean parents. After treating God's grace and forgiveness with such disrespect by repeatedly returning in our, in our minds to sinful thoughts and with our mouths to sinful words and, and to doing sinful things, it's not hard to feel like we have tested God's patience too much. So it makes it difficult for us to speak back to Him. His grace is undeniable, but what about us? You may have had the thought that, you know, relationships can only take so much strain. And if we treated our friends like we treated God, we would not expect them to continue to love and care for us because of the way that, that we kept hurting them. The very understanding that we have in our minds of the, the holiness of God and our own sinfulness that we confess in the catechism that's a crucial part of sincere prayer. That knowledge of God's holiness and our sinfulness can also sometimes lead us to doubt the ongoing value of speaking to God. Is it possible, we think, that our sins have made our prayers as useless as many unchurched people think they are? We know that we even confess that not every prayer is heard by God, pleasing to Him. Will God really continue to delight in His relationship with us in spite of our many failings and weakness? Our Lord Jesus Christ anticipated our doubts when He taught us to begin our prayers 
by addressing God as our Father in heaven. Sometimes we see our relationship to God as if God's love is conditional. As if God's love is based on our ability to show love to Him. Sometimes we see God as as a judge who blesses or curses us depending on the amount of things we have done against Him. Jesus teaches us that whoever believes in Him is actually a child of God. Not a little sinner standing before a judge. He says we're a child of God. We read together Galatians 4, verses 4 to 5. That stands behind our confession that we have become, or that God has become our Father through Jesus Christ. The section teaches us that God sent forth His Son so that we might receive adoption as sons, as children. All who are baptized into Christ, we read, when they profess their faith in Him, they have also put on Christ, which is like saying we have assumed Christ's personal clothing. We have become a son of God like He is a son of God. Adopted as children of God through Jesus Christ, we are treated in the same way that the Father in heaven treats His Son Jesus Christ. You think about that as as you're praying. God will treat you as a son of God just like He treats Jesus Christ who lived and walked in fellowship with God. Who maintained His relationship through ongoing prayer and conversations with His Father in heaven. When we walked in today, we read some of the words of Jesus in John 11, verse 41b. It was in the time of raising of Lazarus from the dead, and at one moment, Jesus says, I know that my prayers are always heard by you. Those are the words that we can say as well as children of the living God. I know that my prayers are heard by you. We bring our prayers to the throne of God in Jesus' name. And really, it's like a child running into the, the king's throne room. Maybe even interrupting an important meeting. But there we are as the children with the privileged access to the throne of the king. It belongs That privileged access belongs by right and obedience to God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ, but it's a privilege that has come to Christians when they were adopted into God's family as sons through Jesus Christ. And so when we hesitate to pray because we remember our own unworthiness or these good clothes that He gave us that we, we dirtied, And when we think about how little we deserve God's grace, we must also remember that our prayers are not heard on the basis of our obedience to God's will. 
They're not even heard because of the sincerity, our sincerity when we pray, but they are heard because we are children of God. They are heard because of our status. God loves us because He is our Father. Because we are His children, even when we stumble and fall. Certainly, as we know, that God will hear the words of His Son, Jesus Christ. So certain can every adopted child know that He will hear us when we pray in Jesus' name. Even if you can't feel this at times, you can go to Galatians, you can read it. You are a child of God through Jesus Christ. And when you have that thought in your mind that, that it just doesn't make sense, I'm too unworthy, I really messed up with God this time. You should know that that thought is a lie that goes against the Scriptures. And it's a suggestion that Jesus Christ has not done enough. I don't think we want to be saying that. Jesus Christ has done enough. Every word we utter when we speak to our Father in that beautiful relationship is in the name of Jesus Christ and He hears us when we talk to Him because you are His child. Because you are clothed in the sonship and the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God's own Spirit is in your heart guiding your your words. God Himself dwells in you so that you have turned to God in the first place. And then he gives you those words, Abba, Father. Father, I know that you always hear me. You could even say that he can't not hear us. Because he can't not hear Jesus Christ. So we may be very confident when we pray humble, for sure, we're praying to the Heavenly Father. We pray knowing that God delights in our conversation. That's why we pray. We pray because we are in a relationship with the Creator of heaven and earth who is both willing and able to walk with us every moment on our lives through everything we, we, we experience until we die. Now think about that. There you are. Maybe you're camping. Maybe you're in somewhat semi-public place, a restaurant or something, and you fold your hands and you close your eyes because you always do. And you speak. You speak to the Creator of heaven and earth, your loving Heavenly Father, if you look at that, you know what? It's, it's more illogical and superstitious not to pray than it is to live in that living conversation with your almighty Creator and your Heavenly Father who is able to give you all that you need for body and soul. 
to live with a materialistic worldview that denies spiritual realities and puts its faith in the deductions of selfish, finite, morally impure humans, that looks more weird and more superstitious than a child on earth speaking to his heavenly Father who created the world and made us to speak with him. Yeah, it might be hard to explain to an unbeliever who sees us sitting there conversing with a God they cannot see. But for us who sees, who see the triune God with the eyes of faith, there is nothing more natural for us to do. We're actually just living in the reality of the world that God created. And brothers and sisters, may the Lord help us to hear the voice of our speaking covenant God, to believe in all sincerity that we are sons and daughters of of our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ, and to address Him as our Abba Father as we converse with our holy and gracious and forgiving and almighty Father throughout the day about everything that we're facing. Amen. We'll sing together, uh, standing if you're able to stand, the opening part of the prayer our Lord taught us.